0: Hello and welcome back to Control Up Delete podcast. My guest today is the wonderful Gillian Anderson. You might remember my episode around two years ago when Gillian first came on as a guest on this podcast with her co-author, Jennifer Nadel. They wrote the best-selling book, We, the uplifting manual for women seeking happiness. And I was so excited to have Gillian on then and I'm so excited again to have her on. So today I'm bringing you a brand new episode with Gillian who was back in the studio with me. She doesn't really need an introduction, but I will do it anyway. She is the award-winning film, TV and theatre actor. She achieved international recognition for her role as Special Agent Scully on the American TV series The X-Files. She won an Emmy, a Golden Globe and two Screen Actors Guild Awards for the series. Earlier this year, Gillian starred in the Netflix hit series Sex Education and she will return to play the sex therapist Jean Milburn In the second series. She is so brilliant at it, and she is currently filming The Crown, where she will join the cast in season four as the UK Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, which I cannot wait to see. She has tons of other impressive things on her CV, but I'm going to whiz past that so you can get to the interview. Gillian has also collaborated with Windsor London after a very successful first collection last autumn. She has collaborated again with Windsor's design team to create her second women's wear capsule wardrobe for the brand, which includes a unique fundraiser jumper featuring a design of her lips and 20% of sales are going to Gillian's chosen charity, Women for Women International, an amazing charity which helps women survivors of war rebuild their lives. So, you can find that collection, which is now live at windsorlondon.com. I really hope you enjoy this episode. It was so fun, and we just had a lovely conversation, and I loved recording it. So, thank you to Gillian for coming on again. If you liked it, it would mean so much to leave a rating or a review on iTunes. It really helps other people discover the podcast. So, here is the episode. Welcome back, Gillian Anderson, to Control-Alt-Delete. Thank you very much. I like our booth. I love our booth. Is somebody
1: going to bring us burgers at some point? It does (laughs) seem like it's an American... Diner feel. Diner
0: yeah. I love it. But you're not just any guest, you are a return guest, which is just Mm -hmm. so lovely because I really... I was so appreciative of you coming on. I think it was last year, wasn't it, around your book...
1: It might have been two years ago, you know.
0: Actually, I think it was. Yeah. Did you enjoy the whole book process?
1: Yes and no. I realised that actually I don't entirely know if I'm best suited for writing unless I have an endless deadline or unless there can be no stress around it. Mm. I don't, um, that element of it. I have huge compassion and respect for writers who have deadlines. Although somehow with the deadline I almost locked me into a perpetual panic mm. and um, I wasn't a huge fan of that element of it. And also it became clear to me that there was a certain point where it was important and this has been a decision from the beginning but it, it was more obvious when we were done um, after we'd done our initial press that it really was something that I needed to let Jen run with Mm -hmm. you know one because she's best suited for it she absolutely loves it it is her um, her calling and it's really not mine my calling is is more in what I do in my day job and so been you know since then encouraging her to go out and make as much noise as she can and 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 hopefully people are are accepting of the, you know, her singular voice in it.
0: Yes. Well, that's, I think, one thing that people really admire about you is you're you are you're more than just one thing. You're an activist, an author, actor, obviously, and now a designer. I really want to talk to you about your amazing... win Is it Windsor or Windsor collection? Windsor. Windsor. Yeah. Because I'm going to buy the lips are you? jumper.
1: Oh. I love it.
0: Oh, I wish I could have brought you a, a, a lip. Would you talk to me a little bit about it? Because it just seems like a really fun really fun thing and also the lips are your lips aren't they
1: mm. it it was hugely fun um and and this was the um the, the second capsule collection and it really came you know it just kind of came out of the blue as an idea um from Kim Windsor herself, who who had asked through my publicist whether I might be interested, and at first I thought, no, 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 I'm I'm not. Uh, uh, I have nothing to say with clothes, and it's never been a, a dream of mine. And then all of a sudden I thought, well, actually, I'm quite particular, and and it would be fun to create something that was then made. Instantly, almost, Mm. you know, that you could see the results of it so soon. And that was definitely, for somebody who likes immediate gratification, that was definitely something that appealed to me. But also, you know, I have to imagine it's something uh, akin to what it would feel like as an architect to do, not that I did the drawings, but to have an idea in your head of something, be able to somehow communicate it either through you know what turns out to be sometimes multiple conversations and drawings etc about what it is that you're after mm. then know that it's in the process of being made have various fittings along the way to m- make adjustments as an architect mm. i guess would visiting the site and going oh no it's completely wrong uh and then at the end uh, having a product you know that is your creation and so that was incredibly satisfying. That, you know?
0: that must be so nice because, with other avenues with making things, sometimes mm-hmm. the outcome is not at all what you imagine.
1: Well, I'm sure if I was knitting something myself, <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't be at all. Uh, but given that there were professionals in various countries who were doing that part of it, they, you know, were doing what they do best. And so, for instance, the lip jumpers. The woman that I worked through most of the designs with and the colours and et cetera, uh, Jane Caddy, she one day came to me while we were discussing the collection and said they've just met somebody who, or a company who does really good, and I always forget what this word is, but there's a word that is a woven image, an image that is woven into... yeah. And they'd met a company that had figured out how to do it really, really well. And I had just, shortly before that, collaborated with um, Redbubble. I love Redbubble. So they had... How did it begin? I was at a Comic-Con and somebody had approached me with a T-shirt that had my lips on them. And I said, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And somebody had had shown up to a comic-con with a t-shirt with my lips on it they'd brought me one of them i thought oh my gosh this would be a really good charity opportunity to um and then when i had some made up on red bubble mm-hmm. they liked the idea so much that they actually gave a huge discount on the merchandise and then gave their proceeds to the charity mm-hmm. uh women for women international that um I was originally doing it for, so it it turned out to be a really uh, good venture. This all happened shortly before... Jane said to me, well, you know, we, we found, we've found this company who can make images on, and I immediately thought, the lips. <laughs> and so I bought the, it's not the copyright, it's not the patent, it's the, whatever it's called, the trademark, that's it. Right. Uh, I bought the trademark for the lips, so I own Your the own image. Your own lips. For my own <laughs> lips, so I learned the image. And then we did, you know, various colours of them and they've been really popular especially the gray but i like the orange one actually. i really like and the orange somebody, one and somebody you you right now you're wearing a Quite dress colorful. that's very very colorful with a lot of orange and pink and and i think the orange one would look very I good, really i can't
0: i mean i love it and it's kind of I'm like quite a big fan of like Bella Freud and those oh. sorts of um, embroidered jumpers, and it feels like I'm carrying on my love of almost like slogan t-shirts, but not, but in a more yes. like chic grown-up yes, way. Yes,
1: this is one I wore today in your because we were doing this. This is uh, one of the ones that has oh, the it looks very
0: soft. Because in terms of people that follow you and just love what you're doing across across all your projects, it is quite kind of a cross generational, isn't it? Yeah, like it's not. Yes. I wouldn't necessarily say this ranges for a certain age or anything no
1: absolutely not yeah it's definitely yeah. cross-generational and some of the women specifically but also some men who have um bought sweaters mostly but some of the other items uh coats and etc have sent pictures of themselves have sent selfies uh of themselves in the in the sweaters and so we often post them
0: because you're um obviously on twitter and social media and i really love following you on twitter I mean mainly as well because you it's quite funny and jokey isn't it? Yes. It, that ties in with your character and sex education and things like that. Yes. So it seems like you've got a nice you've got a nice dialogue there between the people that that want to talk to you.
1: Yes. yes. Yeah, there's a there's a very specific humor. Very much. So and 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 Jean and the direction that we took her influence definitely fell easily into the, the humour that pre-existed.
0: Yeah. When, you know, you mentioned that you got the email in your inbox and you were like, oh, I don't know if that's me to do with mm. the Windsor collection. How do you figure out what is you? Because you must get so many offers all the time. What makes you pick a project and be like, I'm going to do that one?
1: Well, well, with something like this, once I realised that this wasn't, you know, it was really clear that for me I didn't want it to be look like I was changing careers that it I re- it was really um important for me that the word capsule collection was in there because it's small, it feels modest and it feels just like a fun extension of of my creativity. I mean I I do a lot of interior design stuff over the years, mm. but selfishly, just for my, my own edification between jobs and et cetera. I yes. um, but I really, really enjoy that expression. And so this felt almost like a, another version, but a more public version. And So it, it's, it was very, it was educational. Do you think people do
0: like creative projects because they don't want to be necessarily put in a box?
1: I don't think I've thought of it like that. I'd, you know, very often <clears throat> when somebody approaches me, my 1st it was like the first time that I was approached to write or to co-write with the um, science fiction series that I did with Jeff Rovin. My first reaction is always, uh, no, 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 too much on my plate, I can't. And then I start to go, hang on, wait, let me just think. Do I have something to say? Would I be interested in contributing to, you know, a voice or a character or... And and if it feels like it's fun, and doesn't feel like it's disingenuous in some way, or or that it's um, it doesn't feel like an organic fit mm-hmm. somehow, then then I probably wouldn't be interested. Yeah, following but, the fun is a
0: good yes, good advice. Yes, <laughs> if it feels right and it feels like it's not going to be too yes.
1: Because, because there's so many times where I agree to do things where I think oh my god you couldn't you, you, you couldn't pay me enough to yes. do this again I just I or, or situations where the ask starts out really really yeah. small and actually it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and
0: someone once said to me if you're gonna arrange to go you know do something like an event or something in two yeah. months time imagine it's tomorrow like yes. do you want to do it because if it creeps up on you.
1: Well, the, then there's that, yes. I, I often put myself in that position, but then most of the time I would say no, because if it were tomorrow, I right. would Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, because I'm quite a hot and body, and yeah. um, so sometimes it's good when I'm forced to get out of my own little bubble. Yeah. Can we talk
0: about some of the amazing TV roles you're doing at the moment? Yeah. Because I, I think TV just seems like this kind of just wealth of, I, I, I don't know, it's it's, re- it's like more exciting than film right now, isn't it? I would, would rather watch TV than go to the cinema for the first time.
1: Apparently so would a lot of people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but you obviously have been, you've been in iconic TV shows, obviously like the X-Files, etc. cetera, um, prime time, huge shows, and you're now doing really exciting stuff in the TV industry, but. It feels like the industry has changed slightly. Yeah, is it exciting you?
1: It is. I mean, it it really has changed since I was doing telly way back in the 90s. I mean, in the 90s, if you were interested at all in film, you wouldn't do telly because that, that was a completely different medium right. and it somehow cheapened your brand by doing television, in the States anyway. Mm-hmm. Over here, it's always been a bit kinder and there's been more crossover. Crossover in terms of, say, you know, Judy Dench, Helen Mirren, great stage and film mm-hmm. actors having done television from the beginning mm-hmm. and continue to do television and going back and forth between television, film and, and theatre. Mm-hmm. And that has always been a dream of mine. And certainly th- that is... You know my life today that I I've tried very hard to carve out for myself to be able to have that mix of of mediums. I I'd probably say because I'm such a cinephile that I'd I'd love to be doing more film, even though nobody seems to go to the movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they were watching it on, say Netflix, I really really love well-made films mm-hmm. and and. Um, I am excited by um, the scope of television just in that it's in the hands of the viewer and, you know, you have companies like Netflix that are, are committing to do, you know, quality, award-worthy yeah. films as well as um, you know, a huge range of, of TV series, mm. whether it's, um, you know, purely for entertainment's sake or whether it is, you know, with the idea, you know, with the goal of high ratings and awards at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: It's so fun that you're doing something like Sex Education, which I feel like, come out of nowhere but become this, like, cult hit, and then something like The Crown, which feels kind of rooted in that, like nostalgic yes you know, type of one's period. very
1: grown up and one's very childish <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't say childish but definitely uh more tongue-in-cheek yeah yes and goofy
0: yeah i read a actually a quote i think you, you might have tweeted out but about margaret thatcher loved or despised defined an era
1: mm, yes absolutely i mean made made huge had had Impact on people's lives, huge impact across the board. Whether it was negative, mm. as it was a lot of uh, negative impact, or uh, positive. Digging into her childhood, and her um, her upbringing, her relationship with her father, her relationship with the church. Uh, you know, as a Methodist, and how that set out the um, the work ethic and the focus and the both the passion and the belief that one can change oneself can change a community um for the better through hard work and determination mm-hmm. and perseverance that certainly was a big backbone of her policies mm-hmm. and her um she was a uh, a revolutionary and she she surrounded herself with people who were for the at the time free thinkers mm. you know uh which created a lot of waves mm. in the establishment and um um but also certainly her self-belief rubbed a lot of people the wrong way
0: mm. oh my god fascinating role yeah I can't wait to, to watch it. I want to talk to you a little bit about some of your other projects that because you, you do a lot with charities mm-hmm. and I follow your work with, the, with Survival International but also Every Mind Matters. And I actually watched a little clip that you posted a while ago actually about mental health and yeah. anxiety and mm. it, was, it was really very comforting actually hearing you speak directly into a camera and basically give some advice.
1: Mm. It's interesting because it took me a long time to decide to do something so blatantly honest. You know, it's easy to talk around things and to be vague about one's past or present. Mm -hmm. And it was actually the other actors who were doing the same thing and watching their videos and, and what it elicited in me as a response of feeling that I wasn't alone or feeling, gosh, you're brave for doing that, mm-hmm. and thinking, well, I can be brave. <laughs> I can, I can be honest about this stuff too. And when I when I did the book tour with the, the book, we a manifesto for women everywhere, um, with Jennifer Nadel, you know, from for for a period of time, every time I was discussed in in the press. It was uh, with the follow-up title of, you know, de- de- depressive or, you know, what that I had uh, admitted that I had uh, panic attacks or that I have suffered from depression. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was, you know, Gillian Anderson joins the list of people who... And on the one hand, th- that's great for people to read it or see it every day on on their news feeds. And on the other hand, there's something that's slightly uh, sensationalistic about jumping on that mm. um, for making publications and making it a headline, which is kind of the antithesis of what anybody who speaks out about it really wants ultimately for it, that it should become so natural for people to be able to talk about it freely without it being headlined or uh, labelled as a taboo. You know, we, we talk about the fact that that it's, it's no longer necessarily we're breaking out of the taboo around discussing mental health or that we might have, um, you know, struggle with various mental health issues, and yet it's still in the press slightly mocked in headlining it as opposed to it becoming I mean I don't know what the percentage is these days mm-hmm. and that the percentage on the one hand being you know that that self-esteem amongst girls and young women is at its lowest ever and uh, you know how many teenagers have suicidal thoughts and how much self-harm is going on in in all different communities and how mu- and how much bullying online bullying especially nowadays is affecting teens and and aside from that there is just the the natural predisposition or inherited uh, physiological problems that we have in society even without these influences and so you know ultimately, to get to a place where it can be discussed uh, you know as easily as we discuss what we eat for breakfast or or how many children we have, or you know that it is just an understanding in society that the majority of human beings on this planet, or at least in the Western world, do you know struggle with some form of of fear, anxiety, depression, and that there are constant contributors in our world that are making that even those numbers grow. Mm.
0: I wish the media would take a bit of responsibility around mm. sensitivity around these things, because I feel like we're having lovely conversations on social media and even on podcasts, because the nature of a podcast is the opposite of a headline. It's very nuanced nice conversation and it's and and I've heard you before in other interviews say that 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 oh, that paparazzi culture of like the 90s that is going to make someone's mental health worse mm. and and so it, there's an irony that they're headlining all of that
1: yes yeah. the, uh, accountability for the contribution mm. or even calling people out you know i honestly calling people out for both campaigning on the one hand, but then also maybe not being perfect, extinction, uh, extinction, rebellion mm. subjects themselves, but but drawing attention to it at the same time that they still take flights. Mm. That somehow, the you know the broadsheets can call people out on that when in fact you know they're just contributing it to, uh, you know yeah. to it themselves. On a daily basis, even by printing newspapers, the amount of trees that are—I um, mean, I don't know yeah. what you know. It's just—it's yeah. it, there. There is a, a dearth of of uh, personal responsibility and delight in shaming others, in so many different areas of. Um, Of the press, specifically. It's
0: like that uh, clip from Obama recently where he basically said, if you call someone out for being not perfect, that doesn't make, that's not you doing something. (laughs) It's like, just by shaming someone doesn't give you brownie points of being a good person, Mm. you know, it doesn't really work like that. But another thing I read recently that I just wanted to say was so comforting and really, really lovely and honest that you said, and it's it's a small thing, but I feel in this culture, especially with young people, people feel like they have to have like million friends and they have to be out all the time and they've got to be i don't know socializing with like thousands of people all the time and i i think it was in the guardian interview you were like i had my birthday recently with a a small group of best friends and i stay in my house a lot and i like being by myself and Mm. i really love that because i'm like that (laughs) but i feel like there's a pressure sometimes to be like not admitting that you like being by yourself? Um,
1: Oh, I'm sure there is, um, uh, particularly for young people, I think. And also because there are now, you know, especially with social media, there are now so many different ways to find out about all the different things that are going on perpetually in the city. And it is a fantastic city for that. But it is such a gift to be able to get to a place in one's life where one can admit to oneself and to others that one is perfectly happy to be at home and maybe even in bed by 9 (laughs) o'clock under the covers reading a book while everybody else is out partying. I can't tell you. And there's something that, you know, I think one feels that when you get to a certain age, you, you earn that right to be able to claim that for yourself Mm. but actually why the hell shouldn't we be able to claim it at whatever age we're at because if that is our preference if that is ultimately who we are is the person who would choose to do that over you know staying up until three o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. then what a fabulous thing to be able to embrace
0: yeah, totally. Because th- that thought of saying, oh, but I might be missing out. It's like, well, you're not missing out because you're doing the thing you want to be yes, doing. Yeah. <laughs> so precisely. you're winning.
1: Precisely. Yeah. You're but,
0: winning. But last time I saw you, actually, you gave some really good advice on the podcast that I, I reference all the time and, and just do. Is you said, because um, I asked you, you know, any advice for like switching off when you have a busy schedule mm. and everything. And you said, put literally right in your diary or block it out and just put do nothing yes it's so good i was wondering if you had any 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 other i don't know just um little little tips around just doing what you want to do
1: switching off
0: and just saying no
1: i think you know it 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 very it, it really helps to have a partner who uh who also likes to do nothing i i probably would choose to be less social than him more often He's a bit more social than I am. But we are quite good at, um, you know, we, we both work really, really hard. And, I mean, everybody works really, really hard, you know, but we, we, we work well in the same space together and... Even if we're on holiday, we work, <laughs> and mm. we like lo- that is just us, you know, because we are both yeah. like that, we can embrace the fact that we are like that, and that these hours of the day are for working, even though we're on holiday. Mm. and that gives us pleasure, and that at a certain point in the day is the switch off time. And well, I'm happiest when i'm when I'm with my children, actually, but when I'm also happiest is when I feel that I've accomplish something in a day like i've got the work done that i've needed to get done and have earned the rest mm, and such a good feeling such a good feeling if you've earned the rest and you find that documentary that is the perfect documentary for that evening mm. to watch there's a certain heaven to me in that combination yeah.
0: And with your children growing up a little bit, do you feel like the time you have sort of changes? Like I, I I don't have children, but like the the intensity maybe of like having no sleep, and then you get a bit more sleep.
1: Yes, I think so. Although you know that said, you know my youngest uh, was. Um, struggling the other night and was up and in my bed and then therefore we were both struggling to sleep for many hours, so sometimes that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> but definitely time is spent differently. I, you know, I, I do, I, I spend a lot of time, as does their dad, on uh, outdoors, watching them bike, mountain bike. They're obsessed with mountain biking, so the, so that has changed. <laughs> You know, for a long time it was indoors with parkour and now it's outdoors oh with God. mountain biking. I can't so imagine the of... feeling
0: of like I'm just going to relax even though you're doing something on the edge of a cliff on a bike.
1: <laughs> no, there's there's definitely no relaxing in those scenarios when you're standing uh, from nine to five out, outdoors. <laughs> Constantly going, oh God, don't no, watch out. But uh, yeah, so it does. It does change. I You know, I wish that Selfishly, that they were readers and that we could all sit around a fire and read. That uh, has never been the case and it may never be the case and that's something that I need to accept. (laughs) I'm not quite there yet. I still gift books um, at Christmas, etc. to try and convince, you know, that it will be the one that changes their minds. That's what I do with my nephews. I'm
0: like, I'm going to try every year with with the book and and I'm excited to give it, but they're like,
1: hmm. Mm, no, not, not yet. Not,
0: no, thanks. No. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's really genuinely inspiring to talk to someone about both sides of life. And I feel like you you work really hard, but you kind of have this message of actually have time for yourself and and the other parts of life that isn't work. Mm. So, Well, really I think lovely.
1: so. I mean, I, I definitely still struggle with, with relaxing. But I definitely do. Or giving time to myself, doing things that enhance my brain power or rest or or even my strength Mm -hmm. um I really struggle to to add that into the the schedule (laughs) you know
0: as we're recording this and it's going out in January I just wondered Mm. how do you feel about new years do you care really about the whole like new year thing or do you just carry on with the same goals
1: I don't. I've had a lot of quite depressed New Years uh, over the years, where I felt where the day itself has been very, very emotional, and so you know I've had some New Year's Eves that have been huge fun, and some that have been disastrous, and some that have been uh, duds, and. You know, when I'm with friends, we often focus it on, you know, gratitude lists, you know, being thankful and grateful for things within the past year, you know, assessing things done, dare I say, well, <laughs> um, um, or where we feel pride or, uh, or even a sense of accomplishment that one got through something that was challenging. And looking forward to, you know, shifts in focus. Even if that is around eating differently or or exercising for once or whatever, you know, in the past I think I've held that so lightly because it hasn't been important in my life. Even though I have gone through periods of intense stretches of yoga or or training or whatever, it just hasn't been a focus and the older you get and the more your body starts to shift. I've I've suffered now I just suffered. suffered it's the wrong words, <laughs> it's a bit too strong, but I've had frozen shoulders now. I had one on the left side while I was filming the fall and one on the right side while I've been filming The Crown and Sex Ed. And they're, they're extremely painful, and so living with chronic pain for mm-hmm. for years at a time is um, is is intense. It does affect everything. It affects your mood. It affects your motivation. It affects a lot. And so I'm finally at the end of my right shoulder, and actually properly doing physio, and wanting to start exercising again. And actually, my default would be to oh well, that's over you know just just I'll keep going on with my sedentary version of mm-hmm. uh of life but actually what I what at this particular point in my life the thing for me to do and the thing that is going to be the hardest to do that I I know that I will struggle with is putting into the schedule uh exercise so that it doesn't you know at the very mm-hmm. least so that it doesn't reoccur or something like that Um, happen somewhere else in the body as the body starts to break down and so that I it's the last thing that I want to do but going forward I know that less about less about tone and a firm but you know it's a it's about being able to continue to take things off the shelf (laughs) And get in and out of vehicles and still be able to have a bit of fun with my kids in an active way rather Mm. than just watching from the sidelines. And so um, that will definitely be a part of my future.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think anyone listening... would probably find that relatable in some way that whatever that thing is for you could be anything Mm. that you might not want to do or you're putting off or you're afraid of or you know it you know it's something you've got to do Mm. it's a really 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 good reminder yeah thank you so much for coming back on I felt I, I was just so happy that I got to interview you when I did last year the year before so to see you again is just like a double
1: Whammy of magic. Great to see you too. Thank you. Lovely to spend time with you. And for anyone listening
0: who has got their eye on one of your capsule collection goodies, where can they find it? Um, Oh
1: well, windsorlondon.com dot com, and uh, they, you know, if you, it it does say on the, I think the front page, Gillian Anderson collection. it does on the website
0: homepage. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so so much. Thank you.
1: Thank you.